Hey guys, thanks for listening to The Issue Podcast. Make sure you listen every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Also check out our Instagram at the underscore issue podcast and our Twitter at the issue podcast. Listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yo, what's up? We are back. It is Wednesday, September 16th. Uh, I'm by myself in the studio again for another episode of the issue about halfway through September now. Uh, kind of hard to believe. And uh, Tim, are you with me on the phone? Yep, on the phone, ready to uh, ready to talk about sports. But yeah, isn't it crazy it's already halfway through September? Yeah, I literally feel like it just started about a week ago. Well, but I, I figured because of all the you know like quarantining and stuff like that that it would go slower. I feel like it was just like March. Yeah, I mean, you know? we have three months left of 2020 now, and I'm kind of happy about that, though. Uh, try to move on. As oh, my God. It's this, uh, crazy. I'm going to do some sort of, uh, I don't know, us. Like in the U.S., I feel like uh, um, New Year's isn't as like ritualistic as it is in um, some other countries. Like, for example, Chinese New Year, way more ritualistic. They like cleanse spirits right. and whatever. Right. I think I might I think I might have to do it or something. Yeah. I might have to I might have to adopt some some other philosophies here to to cleanse out 2020 maybe We're gonna have to. and bring in some some good juju or something like that for for 2021 because this year quite terrible I'm no. not gonna lie. yeah 100 uh, percent agree with you um, <laughs> on that one we need to just put this one in the rear view as quick as possible but we have a loaded show for you guys today um a lot of football to talk about tim i know oh, you have a, yeah a big rant here coming up uh and then oh, we're gonna get yeah, you guys our thoughts from monday on the steelers giants and the titans and the broncos and then we're gonna move into some news get you guys some trivia uh, it is Wednesday, and then we're going to get to um, our predictions for Thursday night's game at the end of the episode, which is going to be a huge game. Both pretty excited for that one. So, uh, yep. Tim, if you want to start us off with your rant, man. Go ahead. Oh, I would. I would love to, guys. So, I just want to make it known right now, before, like, you know, it's only the first week of the year. I think I still have plenty of time. I'm submitting my official MVP pick here. Already. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, already. Um, right now on the show, mark it down, September 16th, I, Tim Host, co-host of The Issue, declare my pick for NFL MVP. Okay, go ahead. And that dude is Russell Wilson. Write down, remember it, I don't care what you got to do, right? So, Russell Wilson. So, let's, let's get into this, right? I'm writing it down. Um, Russell Wilson's rookie year, 2012, right? So, from 2012 to 2014. Um, There's mostly Marshawn Lynch um, and the defense that got the job done right. Russell's mostly a game manager. If you look at his stats, a um, little over 3,300 yards, 24 touchdowns, nine picks, passing of 99, 63 completion percentage, so efficient, got the job done. Nothing crazy. He wasn't winning them games all that often like he is now, um, which I didn't mind for an undersized third-round pick. I don't think that's bad, especially when they had that good of a defense and a, and a really good running game, right? And... Um, so as a game manager, he put up some pretty decent stats, right? Um, but in comparison, like another game, another quote-unquote game manager that people would call from the from the same time period, same three-year stretch, was Joe Flacco. And a lot of people were ready to call Joe Flacco elite. I don't know if you remember that, but as a Pittsburgh fan, I was like, no, 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 take it easy. Let's take it easy. Um, and so Joe Flacco was pretty much a game manager there. He had slightly more reins than 
um, than Russell Wilson did. So Joe Flacco averaged 60% completion, so worse than Russ. 3,900 yards because, like I said, he had slightly more range. Only 23 touchdowns, 15 picks, and a pass rating of 85. Yeah. And people were ready to put him in the elite category. <laughs> yet yet some people still hold those three game manager years against Russell Wilson. Like, well, all he was game manager in the first years. And he won a Super Bowl. I mean, can we relax? Um, but then since then, 2015 and on, Russell Wilson was like, okay, like, <laughs> like let's, let's be real here. Um, this is my team. All right, thank you, my team now. Everyone else go. Um, and since then, he's gone 65% completion percentage, just under 4,000 yards, 31 touchdowns, eight picks, pass rating of 103. I mean, the dude's a star. And oh, wait, oh, wait. By the way, even though it was his team, they've been running an archaic offense that ran the ball, yes, one time, 25 times in the first quarter. I, I don't even know how it's possible. I can't even make this up. Guys, Pete Carroll and that offensive staff, they, seriously, they were like, oh, yeah, we're just going to hand the ball off. Uh, we're going to play conservative, field the game out. Guys, you have one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and I think finally they're realizing it. Yep. Um, I wanna, this is why I'm talking about this because of how well he did. Week one, 31 out of 35. I think he had like 350 yards, four touchdowns, 143 pass rating. was spectacular. And I think the reason for that is now finally Pete Carroll and that offensive staff says, hey, guys, let's not overcomplicate this. Let's let, let's let Russell Wilson be Russell Wilson. Simple as that. Let's let the best pure football player in America be him, be himself, win us games. Instead of him playing hero ball in the fourth quarter, how about he just – is consistently good the whole the whole game, and we just let him get more touches, drop back more, and actually spread the ball out a little bit yep. instead of running HB dives on first and second down, and then having Russ on third and nine have to to play action, roll out, and try to find DK Metcalf sixty yards down the field. Yep. Um, I mean, I'll throw, I'll throw um, Lamar Jackson and uh, and Patrick Mahomes in there close, but I don't think they win as much as Russ does with as little as Russ has. Uh, that's why I would, I would call Russell Wilson the best football player in America, straight up. Um, but Russell Wilson was in the conversation for, for MVP, although somehow he's never gotten a vote. But he's always been in the conversation the last, I think, one at least two years. Um, and he did it all with an offense that's not even centered around him. Yes, Lamar's great. I get it. He probably should have won MVP last year, which he did. Good. Great for him. Um, but imagine if the staff didn't buy into Lamar and said, hey, Lamar, you know, we know that you're better with a lead and you're better when you can run the football and then you're better. Um, when you don't have to drop back a bunch. Um, imagine if that staff said, hey, Lamar, drop back 45 times and throw the ball. I mean, seriously, that, why would you do that? So why was Seattle not playing to Russell Wilson's strength? You look at all the great coaches. Andy Reid plays the Patrick Mahomes strength. You look at um, John Harbaugh playing to Lamar Jackson's strength, run the football, play action, tight ends. Yet somehow Seattle with my my top quarterback, I would say, other than Patrick Mahomes, you're not letting him be him. No. But finally, they are, which I love. And he's been putting up Hall of Fame stats. Yeah. Um, I mean, right now, he's right there with Aaron Rodgers as the most um, efficient and accurate passer of all time. Not, not of right now, of all time, people. I don't think people realize how good Russell Wilson is. Literally, go go dig up any quarterback. Go find any dust, dusty quarterback from the shelf and I will bet you 100% that Russell Wilson is a better passer of the football. I, I, I don't care. There's no denying it. There's no denying it. Statistically speaking, he is the one of the best throwers of the football ever. So my point is, if Russell Wilson 
with a tire fire of an offensive game plan, cluster injuries, and all the pressure being on him in the fourth quarter can put up Hall of Fame stats. I, I literally imagine. I can't wait to see it. What he could do with a healthy backfield, healthy receivers, at least a healthy offensive line, even though they, they're terrible. Health will still help make it a little bit better. Yep. And coaching that actually trusts him and plays to his strengths. Yeah. Oh, good Lord. It, it's so obvious to see it. I don't understand how it's taken so long. I mean, Russell Wilson is just scratching the surface. Arizona, San Fran, L.A. should be scared out of their mind. Scared out of their mind. Oh, oh and by the way, he puts over uh, $1.5 million a year into just his fitness, nutrition, and other things to keep his body healthy. Wow. That's insane. Yep. I mean, look out. Russell Wilson, he's going to win MVP. He's just scratching the surface. He's a star, and I'm finally – I'm so happy – that Pete Carroll and them are finally like, hey, let's let Russ be Russ. Let's quote-unquote let Russ cook. I, I couldn't be more excited about it. Cementing my pick for MVP, I can't wait to watch it. Well, you know, man, I have uh, I have that written down. It's on a post-it note. It says September 16th, first segment, two minutes, 20 seconds. Russ will win MVP. And I have uh, – I'm stuck at your spot here on the studio. So good. we'll see, man. Uh, I mean, I definitely don't doubt it. He's a great quarterback. He's been, uh, I think – a little looked over and unappreciated in Seattle, but I think they're finally realizing what they have there uh, in Russ. But anyway, I want to get into talking about some things from Monday, especially in the Steelers-Giants game. Um, guys, Ben looks good. He, he looks good. It took him about two quarters to warm up, but he looks good. I uh, I remember saying on that, what was it, the, uh, the Monday episode right before the game, so guys, it's gonna the Steelers offense gonna be pretty slow in the first quarter, probably pretty slow in the second quarter. But towards the end of the second quarter, they're gonna have a drive that's gonna just give them all their life back, and that's what, exactly what happened. Towards the end of the second quarter, Ben started to find himself again, uh, bumped the rust off, and he came out in the second half looked really good. Uh, I think Benny Snell looked really good. Uh, oh my God! What was it? Eighteen carries, one hundred thirteen yards. He's third in the league right now in rushing. He looked yeah. amazing. And uh, I mean, I'm just trying to think here, Tim. I know um, when we predicted for the AFC North, I think our pop, my pop player was Benny Snell. And you kind of, you kind of looked at me. You were like, "Hmm, really? You're going to put him as your pop player in this division?" And I was like, "Yeah, I think he's going to come out. I think he's going to have a great second year." And he did. Um, yeah, I, I didn't expect I didn't expect that from Benny Snell, but I, I'm happy I saw it. He looked really good. Yep, and then I think Chase Claypool with that very timely catch on the sideline that was really nice. Uh, I agree. He showed flashes definitely that he could be something pretty good. Yep, James Washington with a really good uh, with that touchdown, touchdown score. Did you that see fight, the way he fought into the end zone? That was oh, amazing. Yeah. He fought for extra yards. Juju looked good. Um, he just. You know, looks Two like, touchdowns, you got to love to see it. Yeah, he's just always finding his way open. Uh, he definitely is starting to cement himself as a number one guy on this offense. Um, and then defensively, I think the Steelers looked really good. Uh, obviously, no, like, they, they looked as dominant as I think we expected them to look. Yeah, I think even with time, I think they're going to get better um, as the season progresses and they just get into more midseason form. And that's the crazy part. The Steelers' defense isn't even as good as I think it's going to be for this season, which can just – that will be absolutely insane when they pop for real. And um, I got to say, the play calling this year, better on offense. We're not running the ball with Jalen Samuels on third and eighth. Um, Couldn't agree more. I think play calling looks a lot better. I don't know what, you know, 
if they've tried to move to a more aggressive style now that we have been back and we're like, listen, we got to go out and get points now. I don't know, but whatever it is, it's working and I like it. Um, and I think the Steelers are going to be a top 10 team. Uh, finish. We had them at nine and seven. I'd say nine and seven, possibly 10 and six. Uh, they look really good. Yeah, no, they, they did. They did look really good. I think we should be careful not to, Let's look too too much into this. At the end of the day, it was the Giants. Um, so I, you know what I mean. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to sit here and say that you know. I don't want to crown them like a, a, a cemented playoff team, and I don't want to crown them a division champion or even a Super Bowl contender yet. But I did like what I saw. I did like what I like what I saw. Um, the defense looked every bit as dominant as I expected them to, and I still think that there's more to go there yep. with the defense. Like you said, um, there were some, some plays, the blown coverage on the touchdown when uh, Joe Hayden and Steven Nelson got beat by Darius Slayton down the middle. So, I mean, there's things that could have been buttoned up and we still only let up 16 points and one and three of them were when the ball was given on the one, on the one yard line. Cause Deontay Johnson can't figure out how to catch a punt. Yep. We'll get to that. Um, I mean, seriously, they, they looked every bit as dumb as I as I expected them to. T.J. Watt, beast. I mean, who would have thought crazy. that if we had two interceptions, that one would be T.J. Watt, the other one would be Cam Hayward. Yeah, that was crazy, man. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. Um, and then Bud Dupree looked borderline better than T.J. Watt. Yep. And he looked amazing. He he was living in Daniel Jones's his helmet. I mean, seriously. It raises questions for me, man. And we're going to get to that later in the episode when we do trivia. We have a uh, kind of a linebacker uh, comparison here between TJ Watt and uh, Bud Dupree. So that's coming up later in the episode. It just, I, you know, I had some questions and uh, the, the cap is going to run out here for the Steelers. Who are they going to keep? Um, I'm just kind of comparing these I agree. two it's linebackers. It's going to be tough to sign both. Yeah. Um, but I mean, but I, I did. Well, I did want to talk about Deontay Johnson though. Oh, I'm not okay. Oh my God, this this dude had the most brutal first half I think I've ever seen. Yeah, it was so bad. Oh, I I, I don't have the stats obviously because I, I I don't know um half by half quarter by quarter stats, but this man had the most brutal first half. So he drops the punt. Mm-hmm. The second punt he almost drops. And then he dropped three passes from Ben and then had a miscommunication on another. So basically four drops. And it was his fault of the miscommunication. So this dude had four drops, a muff punt, and his almost second muff punt <laughs> in one half. Let me tell you that I was 100% ready to ship this dude out of Pittsburgh <laughs> like the next day. Yep. I would have been so on board with getting him as far away from Pittsburgh as humanly possible. Send him to Santa Clara if that's the farthest thing. I, I don't care. Yep. I was so ready to, to ship this guy. But then, hold up, hold up. Second half, six catches, 57 yards, or something like that. It was close. That's what he ended up finishing with, and I'm pretty sure five, five if not all six, were in the second half. He looked good, but good Lord, he needs to figure something out. And he shouldn't even – he shouldn't even come close to seeing punt returning or, or kick returning. No, nope. ever, He's ever. A, Ryan Switzer was bad. Ryan Switzer was oh bad. My God. He was better than him. Ryan Switzer was terrible. Ryan Switzer was top five worst punt returns I've ever seen, and he was at least 
either the term head and, head and shoulders above. He was at least shoulders above Deontay Johnson yeah. in, in skill. At least. That's minimum. Maybe that's half not, the head, too. That's not saying a whole lot, though. Oh, my God. I mean, he just looked terrible. Oh, and yeah. he needs to figure it out. And then also, another person I'd, I'd like to ship out of Pittsburgh. I've seen enough of Chris Boswell. Out. Yeah. See you. Gone. Bye. Done. Can we get a new dink an extra point? If that's a good team and you're dinking an extra point, we lose that game. Yep. You, we can't afford that every game. He looked terrible last year, and he didn't look any better this year. I know he banked through, what, one or two field goals? Um, maybe one. Good for him. Sweet. Don't care. You looked awful. You looked terrible. You didn't look like, a, like an NFL kicker. Nope. Um, I mean, it could have been worse. We could have had Steven Goskowski. <laughs> he oh, missed man. three. And we could have had um, that Bullock guy from the Bengals, too, who uh, shanked that 31-yarder. Right, but oh, good lord, Boswell gone. I've seen enough. Yeah. I've seen plenty from him. I'm fine if he leaves. I'm fine if we deal him. I'm fine if we cut him. Yeah, I mean, I, he just is not what he used to be. That's for sure. He used to be a top kicker in the league. Um, oh my god, he's top three. Yeah, he used to be. I mean, could he get to that? Maybe, but I, I'm done. I'm done with it. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, I'm done with the guessing game. I want to know. I want a consistent kicker in Pittsburgh. That would be nice. Uh, but did you see? Uh, Big Ben outrushed Saquon. That was funny. Yeah. And that just I, – I, people are always like, oh, Saquon a boss, this, that. Is he, is he receding? I'm like, guys, can we just relax? Instead of ripping down this young man who is an absolute beast, work ethic insane, insanely talented, great professional, why are we ripping him down when we could actually just say, hey, guys, the Steelers' defense is really good this year? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't understand what the point is of uh, of trying to break this kid down when he's an insanely good football player. Yeah, the Steelers. When we just... could just say, "Hey guys, hey Saquon's a really good football player, but Steelers defense is, is legit this year. They're going to be something special." Yep. So, I mean, I think that it was more telling of the Steelers defense than I think it was Saquon himself, or also telling the Giants offensive line looked terrible all game. Pass blocking, run blocking, they didn't look like they knew what they were doing at all. No, but I also just think it's a testament to how good the Steelers' D-line is. I don't think any offensive line is really going to handle them well this year. I agree. I think I think maybe the uh, – I, I think the Ravens are going to probably rush. I think they might be the only team that rushes for over 100 yards against us, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I look at the schedule. I don't think a lot of teams are. I, I don't think any teams are going to rush for over 100 yards, other than Baltimore. than the Ravens, and that's honestly only because they run the ball so much. Yeah, and they just have. Um, that and, and obviously, Lamar Jackson's super talented, and they have a good three running backs deep that could easily be starting caliber running backs. With yeah. a guy like J.K. Dobbins, rookie, still getting into the to the flow of things. Mark Ingram, and then you got to add a guy like Gus Edwards, who's actually their most efficient runner week right. one. So I, I think the I do think that Pittsburgh Pittsburgh defense is going to be legit this year for sure. I think so too. Uh, you want to um, how about that? How about that later game though? Yeah, I was just about to get into that. Um, wow, what do you think? I thought it was a pretty slow game, but my takeaways on it were I didn't even think much of Goskowski missing the field goals. Whatever, they won the game. I, get over it. I mean, like that that does suck. Um, and I think. I think they should definitely bring in a kicker for some competition this week. And if it doesn't, if that the competition kicker that they end up bringing in, even if he doesn't win the job, you got to light some kind of fire. You know, you got to you got to get 
get something, change something. Right. Um, so I, I, that was kind of a takeaway. But other than that, my takeaway was Denver's going to be really, really good at the end of this year and next year. I mean, really good. So look at look, Noah Fant is a stud. He's a stud. That that tight end that they got, yep. oh, he's going to be really good. And I, I don't understand why people doubt that he's going to be really good. First of all, he's athletic, which is where the position's heading. He's big. He's tall. He's actually a decent blocker. Not great. Not a George Kill type blocker. He's really good. But look where he comes from. He comes from tight end U. He comes from Iowa, the same place that um, – that George Kittle comes from the same place that TJ Hawkinson come from all these really good young tight ends. And even the veteran tight ends um, that have come out of there. I mean, he's got the, the genetics, the DNA he's got, he's got the winning culture from Iowa. Um, I think he's going to be really good. So you got him uh, as a tight end. And then you add Jerry Judy. When Cortland Sutton comes back, they're going to be a, a top three wide receiver group. When you add KJ Hamler in there, um, if he can perform and just, just be the speedy, um, quick slot receiver that he is. And then you add two insanely talented backs like Melvin Gordon and Phil Lindsay, who came out of nowhere um, two years ago. Yeah. I mean, I think Denver is, like you said, they're going to develop into a really, really good team coming out of the season. But right now they look pretty beatable. Um, I think Pittsburgh wins this next game against them. I think they go 0-2. You, you know, no, I, I definitely agree. I think I think Drew Locke's got some growing to do, but I I think he's a baller. Yeah, he is. I think Drew Locke's got what it takes. He's a he, he's a running gun. He can throw the ball around the yard. He's got the arm strength to make every throw. He's got that type of swagger and, and moxie to him that I love mm-hmm. in quarterbacks. And it's not it's not to the point where it's Baker Mayfield cockiness. You know, yeah, it's within himself swagger, which I see in Joe Burrow too. He's got that confidence about him. Um, so I do like what I see with Drew Locke, and I think with all those surrounding pieces, I, I think it's a matter of time before they all put it together, you know? Yeah, I think so, too. All but all. Also, hold up real quick. Tennessee, though, their defense actually looked pretty good. Yeah, they actually held their own. I was I was kind of surprised there. Um, if their defense plays like that, you might have themselves a, uh, a decent – like a decent um, nine and seven, maybe play playoff team. You know, we have them at seven and nine, I think eight and eight. Um, but you never know. I, if they if their defense continues to play like that, they could be pretty good. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I mean, all in all, just a great, great Monday time slot. Oh yeah, uh, it was great to see games back on. It was a great Monday. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, um let's get some news here. Yeah, yeah, we have about eight minutes left. Oh, we got some. We got some big, huge news. Oh, we do. Um, big Ten football's back, and that's great. That makes me insanely happy. Oh my god, it's amazing! And I don't think it's like. I mean, obviously, it's huge revenue-wise for all of the athletic departments. Oh, yeah. even if they don't have um, fans in the stands, or even if it's limited fans in the stands, just merchandise sales and TV deals and stuff like that. It's huge for the for the athletic departments. That's but really big, yeah. Ohio State's really the only team that's going to contend in that in that conference. So I think that is who's the real winner here. Um, they're they're ranked number two in the poll. You get a guy like Justin Fields back, give him an opportunity to play, along with all their other um, NFL level talent. It's going to be cool to see. 
I'm excited to watch it, man. I, there's, I love SEC football, and I, I'm like ACC football too, being pit guy. But man, the Big Ten, like they, Big just, Ten. they just do football different, man. I, nothing's better than you know Michigan, Ohio State, or or Penn State, Ohio State. Just those big games of the pageantry behind it's amazing. I love it. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. And um, no, I'm pretty happy about it. I feel like. So far, just because the conferences, some people are playing, some aren't. Big Ten's a big conference that's not playing. I haven't even been paying attention to it. I just, yeah. I haven't even been paying attention to college football just because it's it's regionalized. Uh, all the teams are down south, but now that I get the Big Ten back, I get to watch Big Ten football. You get some of the bigger games back. Yeah. Well- I- I mean, I'm now is, gonna. I'm now really excited to watch on Saturday. Right, but this is also now just a bigger weekend of college football. Anyway, more Power Five teams are playing this week. Last week was, yeah, was kind of the beginning, but they also didn't really have anybody playing. Um, yeah, now you get teams like I think it's Houston and Baylor's playing. I think that could be a good game. Here, I'll run uh, through. Miami's playing with Derrick King. They're looking really good. So let me just pull it up and run through a couple of the big games. That I'm probably gonna. Tuned in for just for a little bit at least. Yeah, while you're looking at that, uh, what the people know here, Richard Sherman on IR could miss, uh, I think, three or four weeks. So that's tough. He Let's see what he did here. Uh, I want to say it was a lower, lower body injury here. Oh, okay. Here we go. Okay, yep. It just says it says a leg ailment. So um, sounds like a hockey thing. A little, little lower body injury there, huh? <laughs> right. But, uh, I mean, that hurts for them. He's obviously – I mean, you could hate on Rich Sherman or, or whatever, but he's still a top 10 corner in the league. He's definitely their best corner. Yeah. So that does, that definitely hurts him. Yeah, for sure. Um, but hold up. Here we go. Just trying to look here. Um, some of the bigger games this week that I'm going to be watching, I'm going to watch Boston College and Duke. I'll watch uh, oh, yeah. Phil Jakovic throw the ball around a little bit. Do um, we know if he's starting yet? Is, there, is it confirmed? I'm not 100% sure. Odds are out. Um, there, Let me nope. check it out here. There's, uh, there's no announcement yet, but they've been posting him a lot, so I'm just assuming. Yeah, they have. I really hope he starts. Oh, I really hope. Yeah, and then uh, Syracuse and Pitt, um, Houston and Baylor, um Clemson and the Citadel, which I might just watch just to watch Clemson play. Just to watch Clemson, yeah. Uh, Miami and Louisville, and then Wake Forest and NC State. So, oh yeah, some good games. Better games than last week. I agree. Yeah. But uh, yeah, is there anything else left in the news? Oh, the MLB finalized their hub cities for yeah. the playoffs. I forget what cities those are. There here. I know they just posted about it. We go on MLB Instagram here. We have about four minutes left in the segment, so get those up real quick. Wow, is it weird that I didn't even know that Clemson already played a game this year? Yeah, I know. I saw that too. I saw that one and <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, that's awkward." <laughs> be Wake Forest. Oh God, Trevor Lawrence looks so good. He's so good. Yeah, he's. Oh my God, twenty-two for twenty-eight, three fifty-one. A touchdown, 196 QBR. And then this guy averages, 
Ooh, okay, yeah. No, he averaged minus twenty, or he had he had a minus twenty four yards rushing, but he had two touchdowns. So like, that's awesome. There we go. Oh, here we go. Uh, MLB could need four cities. They want to do a um, kind of like a bubble, like the NBA did, and and do hub cities, uh, kind of like the NHL did to for the playoffs at least. Uh, it says since multiple ball available ballparks would be required, New York, Chicago, and Los Angeles are obvious contenders. Um, additional hubs could be set up in nearby cities like Philadelphia, Milwaukee, and San Diego. Um, I think it'd be a good idea, honestly, for the MLB playoffs. You know, you don't want games getting postponed. So if you can create a bubble like that where the players are can agree to go in for the, you know, however long the playoffs are going to take, then sure, by all means, go ahead and do that so we can get baseball finished up and rolling in next season. Yeah, I agree. Whatever makes it go smooth, you, you got to go for it. Yep. Uh, just to avoid any any blockage there. But that just about does it for this segment. We'll be back next segment with trivia and predictions for Thursday night football. So don't go anywhere. What up? We're back. It is second segment of the issue. Tim, got you back on the phone, man? Yep, absolutely. Ready to go. Segment two. Going to be a good one. Going to be a good one. We're going to talk about Thursday night football. Um, big trivia. Hopefully I'm going to um, whoop you in that like I always do. So that's exciting. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, do you want to start with that then? Hey, it's up to you. Man. We can start with that. We can start with our Thursday night. At things doesn't matter. Mm, let's say the trivia. Let's go Thursday night predictions first. All right. Um, let's check where the line's at here. We got... Uh, I thought I saw Cleveland minus six. Cleveland at um, at Cincinnati, I, I believe. At Paul Brown Let's Stadium. Check it out. Yeah. Oh no! Okay, it's at Cleveland. Oh, at okay, Cleveland. okay. Um, so Bengals at the Browns, both zero and one. You got Joe Burrow against Baker Mayfield. Mm, I'm excited. I am so excited. Let's see what the line is at. I think it's Let's minus go. six okay. for Cleveland, right? Yeah, Cleveland's favored by, so let's see, it says six, but usually it's like six and a half. Okay, no, so it's six. Cleveland's favored by six points. Okay. Um, my God, I they just looked like such a tire fire. Yeah. I am going to take Cleveland to win. All right. Uh, six points is a lot of points, though. Mm. I don't think they're covering the spread. I think they win. I don't think they're going to win by more than six. I seriously think it's going to be way closer of a game than it should be. Okay. Um, and here's here's why I am picking Cleveland to win, even though I actually think Joe Burrow is a much better quarterback. I think the Bengals, their running game is actually somehow, I don't understand how, but it's better with um, Joe Mixon. But yeah, I don't know how because – Kareem on them should be a way better duo, but it seems like Joe Mixon in that backfield, along with Joe Burr running the football, actually looked better. Yeah. Um, even though they didn't have as many yards, I thought they were more efficient. I'd agree with that. And honestly, the defense uh, on the back end for Cincinnati looked really good. They only had a um, little bit over 200 passing yards last yeah. week. I mean, so good, I man. think that is partially why I'm thinking, all right, well, I don't think that they're going to – I don't think the Browns are going to win. I don't think they're going to cover the spread and win by more than six. Um, but I will pick them to win just because of how good their their front four is. Mm-hmm. And with 
a really, really bad offensive line and a young quarterback, I, I think that Cleveland's just they're just going to overpower them. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the same way I'm going. I'm going to go Cleveland. I don't think they're going to cover the spread. I think it's going to be a lot closer than six points. Um, I think. What's where the over under is here? I think, well, I think Joe Burrow is, like you said, a better quarterback. Um, <clears throat> I think if he had any little bit of an offensive line, I would give this game to. To, to the Bengals, but I'm, I can't. I can't I can't give this game to Cincinnati with zero offensive line that's going to you know not be able to protect their quarterback. Um, like you said, Cleveland's going to come in. They're going to overpower him. I think, I think Chubb and Hunt are going to have a pretty big bounce-back game. Uh, they are, I agree. I think they are going to be a top duo in the league. There's no doubt in my mind about that. I mean, they're two of the best rushers. Um, so I think they come, I think they have a big game against Cincinnati, especially with a defense that isn't all that strong. Uh, so, I mean, you do have to give Chubb and Hunt a little bit of, a little bit of, you know, credit for playing the Ravens last week in that defense, but, um, no, yeah, I, I definitely agree. And, it was um, almost like a Saquon Barkley type situation. I thought, I mean, you just, you're rushing against a top defense in the NFL. So, yeah. Um, I mean, Cleveland's given a uh, 68.9% chance to win this game. Okay. I don't think it should be that high. I think it should be more around 60, but whatever. Um, What's the over-under? It's just the over-under is 43 and a half. I'm going to go under. For some reason, I don't know why I'm doing it, but I'm going to go over. Something mm-hmm. in my gut's telling me Okay. Um, that there's going to be some decent amount of points scored, even though I do think they're going to bottle up Joe Burrow. Yes. I somehow think they're going to figure it out. I'm I gonna, think they're going to figure out how to get some points. Um, I'm going to say that. Actually, no, you know what? No, I'm not. I'm, I'm going against my gut here, which I never do. I guarantee you Friday I'm going to be like, why would I go against my gut? But I'm going to do it. I'm going to go I'm gonna go under. Okay. Um, I think this is going to be the game where all of America gets to see that Joe Burrow is a lot better than Baker Mayfield, though. I think it's going to be stand-up. I think he's legit. And I think I've seen enough of Baker. I think I've seen enough of these Cleveland Brown coaches. I, I talked about it Monday, and I'll talk about it again. Run the football. This isn't rocket science, Kevin yeah. Stefanski. This is not rocket science. Baker Mayfield should never, ever, ever drop back 39 times. I get that they were down early. Don't go down early. Oh, it, it, it's ridiculous. I feel like I feel like I'm talking into space here. Yeah. Um, and I, it's not even me. Big guys like Coward and and Doug Gottlieb, everyone agrees. you got to run the football, man. Uh, Kevin Stefanski, you're, you're play calling yourself out of the job, to be honest with you. You're play calling yourself into into another 6-10, and 7-9 season. Yeah, he is. He is. And it's ridiculous. With a team and that has Baker a Mayfield, I'm done. I'm done with Baker Mayfield. I just saw another one of his new commercials. I'm done with them. Yeah, if you're going to keep having a 56 pass rating, decline commercials. Decline them. Seriously. You're making yourself look like an idiot. Yeah, I mean. Baker Mayfield's a joke. He's a joke of an NFL quarterback. And there, there's no way. There's no way that, that he should be a starting quarterback in the NFL. And I uh, think that he's going to get exposed. If not tonight, I think he's going to win tonight. Or um, Thursday night because it's a must-win game, and I think somehow, some way, the Bengals really aren't that talented. Yep. I think they're they're going to just on sheer talent win. 
But seriously, in four weeks, five weeks, if the Browns look up and they're one and five, one and six, two and set like two and six, you know, mm-hmm. don't be surprised if you go to Case Keenum. Case Keenum, I'm saying it is a better quarterback. I just said it. I just said it. Case Keenum is a better quarterback. Um, Case Keenum. Does anyone want me to 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 display the fact that Case Keenum won a playoff game against the New Orleans Saints and Drew Brees? I get it. It was on a miracle, but at least he put himself in position to win the game with that throw. Yeah. Case Keenum's a pretty legit quarterback. He's, um, he's at least a low-tier starting quarterback. I think he's better than Baker Mayfield, to be completely honest with you. And if you look at the team that he did win that playoff game with, the, there's not a lot of disparities in talent between that team and this team. Yeah. You look at pass rushers. That that team had Everson Griffin and – and um, Daniel Hunter. Well, this guy, these guys have Miles Garrett and a lew of other passers. Olivier Vernon is an example. Um, and then they had a pretty decent back end, nothing special. Xavier Rhodes and a decent safety. You look at um, Cleveland; they have Greedy Williams and an emerging corner in, in um, Denzel Ward. And then you look on the offensive side; you got two of everything. And then in Minnesota, you had two of everything. You had Thielen and Diggs, and then you had. Um, I don't even remember who the running backs were, but I know they had two decent running backs. They did running back by by committee. Yep. Um, and then you looked at a really good tight end in in Kyle Rudolph, and then Cleveland. You have two good tight ends in Austin Hooper and David Njoku. Um, and so I don't understand. You have the same offensive coordinator as you had in Minnesota, Kevin Stefanski, and you have a, a quarterback in Case Keenum who's done this before with arguably less talent. I can't believe that that this team is kind of wasting away. I mean, like, if they don't make a serious run or at least at least finish top two in the division this, this year, I think there's going to be a ton of disappointment in Cleveland because, like, on paper... If, if they don't get to the team, playoffs, this is a disappointment. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. This team is incredibly talented. They have two of everything. They're the Noah's Ark of, of a football team. Of NFL teams, yeah, yes. The two of everything. But they... Are struggling this much? It doesn't make any sense to me. It, it, no, I, I don't actually, understand. Actually, you know what? It. it does make sense to me. It's Baker Mayfield. Um, it does. It's Baker and it's the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. It is It is. It is classic Cleveland Browns. I don't want to throw everything on Baker, okay? He's, he's had three co- four coaches now in three years. Um, and he's had a different G at times. He's had way like different personnel year in and year out. But, man, with this talent, I – there's not a lot of excuses to be made for a quarterback, for the quarterback and the head coach. No, yeah, With this talent, there's not a lot of excuses that I have for Baker Mayfield. There's not a lot of excuses I have for any Cleveland coach, especially Kevin Stefanski, yeah. with his background of running the football and his failure to do so, so far. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but overall, we both picked Cleveland to win this Thursday. Um and I, we both think Joe Burrow is going to look pretty dang solid. So if we want to move in here to trivia now, um, like I said earlier in the show, we're going to compare TJ Watt and Bud Dupree. Uh, both very I good. am so excited. For the record, I do want to say I think TJ Watt is a better player so far because I think he's been better younger. Mm-hmm. I think he's quicker and more physical, but I love Bud Dupree too. Like, yeah. don't, don't get me wrong. I actually thought Bud Dupree played better on Monday night. Yeah. So, so TJ um, Watt out of Wisconsin, Bud Dupree out of Kentucky, um, two just absolutely dominant linebackers and great pass rushers. So I wanted to 
kind of compare them because, as we said earlier, the Steelers are going to have to probably lose one of them and keep one of them uh, as this salary cap approaches. Um, they're going to have to they're going to have to keep one of them. So we're going to look at stats between them, compare them a little bit. T.J. Watt, Bud Dupree. How many sacks did T.J. Watt have in 2019, Tim? Was it? Oh, I, don't even, I don't even need a multiple choice here. I know my boy T.J. Watt. I know that stat. That is 14 and a half sacks. There you go. That was exactly because correct. That's I love T.J. Watt. And this, the reason I love him um, so much is he, I feel like he is so Pittsburgh. You yeah, know what I mean? He is. He makes his money on hustle, physicality, um, and just hard work. And also, you look at his history um, with his family. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's got he's got his his brother Derek, who now plays for um, Pittsburgh as a fullback, and then obviously JJ Watt. Everyone knows JJ Watt, who's probably going to be a Hall of Famer, multiple time Defense Player of the Year. Yeah, I was going to um, say just like how I and rightfully so. Yeah, and that that family is just like uh, you can and tell. I think the, yeah, and you just see the uh, behind the scenes videos of him and his brother messing around and. And you see him on Twitter joking back and forth, and he just seems like such a relatable guy. Yep. Um, so I, I love TJ Watt. That that's so cool. Relatable, except for the fact that you're not like six six, two hundred and you know seventy five pounds. And just well, an yeah, you know that, that is a bit of a thing. How, how <laughs> big is? How big is he? I'm gonna, I'm gonna look that up here after after the trivia. So I think if I look it up, it might bring up stats. So yep. I don't want to compromise it. But All right, sounds good. After this, I'll look it so up. So you got TJ Watt right with 14 and a half sacks. Now we're gonna move over to Bud Dupree. How many sacks did he have in 2019? Uh, your oh. choices are A, 11.5, B, 15.5, or C, 8.5. See, I don't know Bud as well. I know it wasn't eight, and I know it's less than TJ, so it's eleven and a half. Okay, yep, you're right. Uh, eleven and a half sacks, Bud Dupree in 2019. So, I mean, only three sacks separating the two. Um, I mean, if you look at a guy like Bobby Wagner, he's only had three sacks in his entire 2019 season. Yeah, I mean, you also look at Bobby Wagner though; he's a run stopping yep. cover. Right. Cover middle linebacker. These guys are edge rushers, so I don't know if that's 100% combo. But no, like you're right. Yeah, these guys are legit. They're legit. Uh, how many tackles for loss for TJ in 2019? <sighs> tackles for loss. That is a big stat for him. He just lives yeah. in the backfield. A 10, B 19, or C 14. So what are my options? 10, 19, and 14. And 14, and this is, this is 2019 season? This is, yeah, this is 2019 stats. How many tackles for loss for T.J. Watt? Oh, man. I, I don't even know where to start, so I'm going to break it down into – okay, I'll bring my options one more time. 10, 19, and 14. Okay, I'm going to break it down. So there's 16 games in the NFL season. I would say he averaged almost one game. So 10 is out. Okay. I'm in between 19 and 14. Did he average a little bit over one a game or a little bit under one a game? 19's a lot. It is. Gonna, you're going to think I'm crazy. Okay, go ahead. The reason I'm picking 14 is because, well, hey, I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm in between two. Um, I'm obviously in between two, so I pretty much have to guess right now because I don't really know. 
plus 14 is such a good football number. <laughs> like, like seven plus seven, two touchdowns is 14. So for some reason, it's football. It's a football number. I'm locking in 14. Three for three. Uh, 14 tackles for a loss in 2019 for TJ Watt. Good job on that one. Uh, even though it's kind of a dumb way to guess. In my opinion, number right, well. four. <laughs> um, how many tackles for loss for Bud in 2019? A. Eight, B, 16, and C, 10. Give me a 10. Three for four. Um, <sighs> Bud Dupree had 16 tackles for loss. Really? See, oh my God. I should have went with my gut in my head while you're, like, I was preparing um, to answer this question. I'm thinking, Bud actually, Bud gets in the backfield. More than TJ Watt on a lot of run plays, he does. Um, so in my head, I'm thinking, man, it might be it actually might be Bud Dupree, but of course I didn't answer it because I'm dumb for some reason. I don't know why I didn't go with my gut. Like I'm just oh, whatever. So here's the I, I mean, still three for four, solid. Yeah, three for four is really solid, seventy five percent. But here's the thing, man. TJ has a three sack lead over Bud Dupree. Um, but Bud Dupree has a two tackles for loss lead over TJ. They're both, I think, in my eyes, very even. I mean, when you look at the stats and you really look at the stats that matter, obviously sacks and tackles for loss are probably the most important stat out of an edge rusher like this. I do think that TJ is a little bit better in coverage, though. We saw him with that really nice interception, and I think he, he breaks up a lot of plays at the line. If that makes sense, a lot of passes. I think he's really good in coverage when he can just drop back and sit right there. I think he that's where he has a little bit of an edge on Bud. Um, so if you had to pick today, you're the Steelers GM and salary cap time's coming. Who are you keeping and why? I was hoping you were going to ask me this question. I'm going to go TJ Watt. And like I said, I thought he was a little bit better earlier. And yes, the stats are, are very similar, but – Sometimes you can't just box, you know, box score watch. Yeah. Um, and I think watching last season, the amount of impact plays that TJ Watt had, the amount of like game altering plays that he had, mm-hmm. I think that's what sets him apart. And um, like I said, obviously the stats are very close, but but the the amount of sacks in the fourth quarter and the amount of uh, balls batted down on third down and just and plays like that that get the ball back to your offense and and are real. Um, that are real game changers and game swingers and momentum swingers. I think that's where TJ Watt exceeds um, expectations and exceeds the production of Bud Dupree in that category. So I, I would go with TJ Watt. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'd agree there. I, obviously, you don't want to see any of them go. Uh, these are well, two yeah. of the best linebackers in the league, um, and you want to keep both of them. But sometimes, I mean, hopefully, maybe the Steelers will find a way. But most likely one of them will probably be gone next year. And if I had to keep one, I'm going to keep TJ kind of for the same reasons. Uh, batting, down, batting down balls at the line of scrimmage, uh, just very good in coverage right there. Stops the run really well as well. Uh, obviously gets great pressure on the quarterback and can really disrupt a running game. Um, so I'd, I'd take TJ. But, um, I mean, not a decision I'd want to have to make. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I guess it is a – out of all the decisions in the world as a GM, I think it's probably the best decision to have to make. You know what I mean? Right. When you have too much talent, because you almost have too. Yeah. When you have too much talent, I mean, it sucks. Obviously, having to let go of someone with that much talent, but it's better than choosing between 
two lesser players, if that makes sense. You know, at least you have two world-class talents that you get to pick between. Right. And who knows? Maybe you could cut someone else. I mean, okay. Theoretically, if the Steelers have enough draft capital to move up, I love Ben Roethlisberger, but I'd be fine to move off of him. And if you moved off of him and got a guy like, I don't know, JT Daniels, who will probably still be around in the 20s of the draft, you don't have to move up a couple spots. You grab a guy like JT Daniels, even Jamie Newman, who are good quarterback prospects, not special, not Trey Lance, not Justin Fields, not Trevor Lawrence, but good quarterback prospects. You pay him a rookie deal, obviously. You free up a lot of cap space, and you rely on your defense until that quarterback can develop. Right. So, I mean, he does have options here, and I don't think this is – like I said, you could have worse problems in the world as a a general manager, but um, I'm I'm interested to see what they do. Yeah, me too. Um, Before we move off of this episode and move on, I just wanted to get a little bit of hockey in uh, just because we did have such a loaded football show. I wanted to update you guys on the NHL playoffs. Um, Dallas beats Vegas four games to one in the series. They move on to the Stanley Cup. Um, so Dallas, you know, beat Vegas with some ease there. Number three seed coming in and taking it away from a one seed, four to one, as I said. It's kind of cool to see. Yeah. Um, another series that was pretty interesting and still is pretty interesting, uh, the battle in the Eastern Conference between the Islanders and the Lightning. Uh, the Lightning have a three games to two advantage right now. Um, they played last night, um, and the... The, the Lightning were up 3-1 in the series, so they it was a must-win game for the Islanders. Islanders won it, pushed it to game six, which is tomorrow night at eight. I'll probably be watching that at least a little bit to keep track of it. So three teams left, Dallas in the Cup, and then you have Tampa Bay and New York in the Eastern Conference Final still at three games to two Tampa Bay leading. But that's the hockey update for for today so yeah love it love it that just about does it for today's episode as well uh make sure you go to our instagram at the underscore issue podcast and our twitter at the issue podcast we're going to be having a lot of graphics come up there in the next couple of days um starting to uh turn over a new leaf in that sense so um yeah man thanks for joining me on the phone and, and nice job on trivia today yeah thank you thank you absolutely and uh can we talk to you um Friday about some more we'll review uh, Thursday Night Football. Absolutely. Maybe try to get an in-person episode on Friday. Absolutely. All right, man. Well, good to talk to you, and that was the issue.